Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. The book of Psalms, Psalm 142. Psalm 142, verse 7. The Bible says, Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. I have a word for someone here today. In whatever soul you have been bound, you are set free in the name of Jesus. Every prison that is holding you captive is destroyed in the name of Jesus. No wonder. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And have it how? You are having life but you are not enjoying the fullness. Beginning from this day, you will enjoy life in abundance in the name of Jesus. You will enjoy life more abundantly in the name of Jesus. Your surrounding will be righteousness and praise in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of gloominess, disappointment, depression, and doubt, I banish from your presence in the name of Jesus. You will praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord will rejoice in you. Amen. So shall it be. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. I will come to his presence. Father, we just thank you. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. As we go into your word, go with us. Speak unto us. Teach us. And let your name alone be glorified. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. You are here today, you are in God's presence. And you will not live here the way you came in Jesus' name. You will not live here empty-handed in Jesus' name. We've been looking at a topic throughout the month of November that we call, Remember Me, O Lord. And our Bible passage has been Psalm 106, verses 4 and 5. Psalm 106, verses 4 and 5. That says, Remember Me, O Lord, with the favor that I bearest unto thy people. Oh, visit me with thy salvation. Verse 5 says, That I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. And we began to look at this passage. And we started at the first word there, which is remember. And we said it's from a Hebrew word, pronounced zoka. That means quite a number of things. We said there are seven things it means. We've mentioned four of them. To mention, to recall, to be mindful of, to be taught of. And we started looking at the fifth one last week, which is to be brought to mind. And then we went to look at Acts chapter 10 from verse 1 to 4. The story of a man called Cornelius. The Bible says in verse 2 he was a devout man. One that feared God with all his house. And then he did two things. He gave alms to the people and he prayed to God always. And so we said one of the reasons that uh, uh, Cornelius was remembered of God was the fact that he did what? He gave alms. And we talked about it last week that in whatever position you are, remember the poor. Tell somebody remember the poor. But do you know that it's not only the poor that are needy? So tell somebody, remember the needy. 
the story is told of a very rich man. A very rich man. He had a case in court. And he went to court. And when the, 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 the uh, judge will make his, uh, will, what, what do you call it? Judgment, pronouncement, whatever. That man is in the spirit. <laughs> he said all he had to do, this was not in the days of uh, e-transfer and all those funny things. All he had to do was pay one, for the sake of uh, clarity, one dollar. The man was a very rich man. He needed to put one dollar down at that instance to avoid going to prison. Did he have one dollar? Because for him, why would he be carrying one dollar about? But there was a, a young man there. Well, I'm trying to bring out a point. The, I mean, the, at that point in time, that rich man was a needy man. But he wasn't a poor man, is that not so? But he had a need. There was a poor man there that bailed him out. He had one dollar. That was the currency he carries about. Two lives were transformed that day. The life of the poor man, the life of the needy man. The Lord will meet us at the point of need in Jesus' name. So we said, one of the things Cornelius did was he gave arms. And the Lord took note of it. That's important. You must do that which the Lord will take note of. You must ensure that the service you render is not wasted. And brethren, like we learned in our Bible study on Thursday, we are studying about time. When, when time is wasted, it cannot be recovered. It's gone. So every time is important. Every step is important. Cornelius gave arms. But beyond that, we are told that he did what? He prayed. He prayed. Now, for the arms that Cornelius gave and the prayers that he prayed to be accepted unto God, there were two characteristics that he had. Two attributes. And we must ask ourselves, uh, I mean, questions about those attributes today. Number one, the Bible says he was the devout man. He was what? Is that in your Bible? He was a devout man. What does it mean to say somebody is devout? I looked at my dictionary. He says, when you say a person is a devout man, it means the man is pious. I think it's somebody's name, Abby. Some of are called Brother Pious. <laughs> this is P-I-O-U-S. The man is pious. The man is dutiful. And the man is what? Godly. When I say man, I hope you know it also means woman. Maybe I should even be saying the woman. Because our women are more faithful than our men. So the man is pious, he's dutiful, and he's what? Godly. In other words, in summary, a devout man is a faithful man. No wonder the Bible says, a faithful man who can find. Is that in your Bible? A faithful man who can find. Faithful in marriage. Faithful to your vows. Some of us have been separated from our spouses for maybe what? Maybe six months? Maybe one year? Maybe two years? In fact, the longer it, it becomes, the more hopeless the woman is wherever she is. Or maybe it's vice versa. By the time you appear after ten years, you appear with three children. Is that a faithful man? 
Meanwhile, the woman has been struggling and saying, ah, my husband is in Loibo. He's working things out for us. Meanwhile, he was, he's only working things out for himself. The woman has been, I mean, waiting and suffering and doing all those things. He now comes with a sweet 16 and three children. And they push her aside. A faithful man who can find. Please ask your neighbor, are you faithful? We must ask ourselves that question. Cornelius was a faithful man. And God took note of his faithfulness. Brethren, to say a man is faithful, to say a woman is faithful, is to say that the person has passed the test of faithfulness. I gave a very simple example here some days ago. We are talking about men, right? Don't say a man has passed the test of adultery and fornication until he sees a naked woman and he runs. He, he, he wasn't looking for trouble. Are you with me? He wasn't looking for trouble. He didn't go to look for the woman. She came to meet him. But what was his response? Will he say, eh, you know, I, I didn't go to look for trouble. Eh, and she just, I know what some people will say. They will say it is free gift. That man is not faithful. The Bible says, what did Joseph do? He saw that this was a premise for his destiny to be destroyed. He saw that this was a trap of the devil. He ran. After running, he said, now let me think. What just happened? Don't think before you run. Run before you think. A faithful man. Who can find? Cornelius was a faithful man. And God took note of that fact concerning Cornelius. Number two, Cornelius feared God with all his house. You know, it's easy to say Cornelius feared God. But he didn't just fear God alone. He feared God with who? That's my challenge for the men that are here today. First of all, Mr. Man, do you fear God? Secondly, who in your household fears God with you. Are we together? Do you fear God? Who in your household fears God with you? We are talking about a man that can come before the Lord and say, remember me, O Lord. Because I fear God. Remember the things I have done. Remember my sacrifices. Remember my prayers. Because I do what? I fear God. That's another question for you today. Please ask your neighbor, do you fear God? Some people get to a point, remember that uh, famous politician in God's own country. He got to a point, he saw that he was alone. There was no help anywhere. What did he say? He said, there is God. Oh. I have gotten to a point I cannot even help myself. But all of you know that what? There is God. The question is, do you fear that God? You know, you can tell me, Pastor, I fear God, though. Even Pastor is trying to work out his own salvation. But God knows. The Bible says, let them that name the name of the Lord do what? Depart from iniquity. 
And that passage starts by saying, did not know where those that are his. Now, a question. Does he know you? Please ask your neighbor. Does God know you? Because some people, God doesn't know some people. Though. Remember, those ten virgins. There were ten virgins. Though. Ten members of the church. But five of them were wise and five were foolish. They were ten virgins. They were not harlots. Ten virgins. In fact, they were ten workers. They were not just members of the church. Unfortunately, on the day it matters most, five of them knocked on the door, and what was the response they got? Depart from me. I do not know you. And then he put an icing on the cake. He said, you what? Workers of iniquity. Manufacturers of iniquity. Devices. Is that a right word? Devices of lies. You know some of us, if you are looking for the lies to tell, and you are at a loss for what? Call Brother Johnson. He will streamline it and package it for you. By the time you are true, say, wow, bro, now you be cool. Depart from me, you workers. It means you don't fear God. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? If he does what? If he gains the whole world. Many of us are working towards gaining the whole world. And we are comfortable losing our soul. I've given that example here before. Those houses that look beautiful. That look like the best thing to happen to mankind now. Give them 40 years. New architecture will have overtaken your, your, all that you think is the best in the world. You wonder, is this, is this the house I bought? I thought it was everything. Do you even know that maybe in a hundred years, the, this place that you are happy, many of us don't realize that in the 90s, there was a tornado in Barry. Is it 90s? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. There was a tornado in Barry. People started running away from Barry. Many of us don't know it. It was one of the things that brought property values down. And then, those of us that go was preparing body for. <laughs> we came. Tornado drove them away. And we came to possess. And we are possessing the land. Yeah. And from Bari, we go all over the world. Yeah. Is that not what the Bible says? Jerusalem. To Judea. To Samaria. And where? So, this is our Jerusalem. We are possessing Judea. Amen. We are possessing Samaria. Amen. We are possessing the whole world from here in the name of Jesus. Amen. What am I saying? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Do you fear God? Or do you think this world is everything? Are you scheming to take somebody's husband because you say, ah, how I go survive? He means everything to me. Ah, the day will show you when you won't be able to talk to anyone and you thought you have succeeded. You thought you have succeeded. That woman in Nigeria that you think she will never come here, you won't know how she will come. So even the other will not know. She will just knock on the door. She will just knock on the door and she comes in. And you say, eh, excuse me, do I know you? The man knows her. You that came to open the restaurant that say, Do I know? The moment she said, ah, ah, is that not a, 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 
No, the man is inside. Is the woman that knocked on the door. Say, hey, in here in Kechi. Is that the man will show true color? You must fear God. Now, in order for your prayers to make God to remember you, there are a number of things that your, your prayers must take note of. For your prayers to be remembered and, revo- and rewarded by God, number one, your prayer must be unselfish. Your prayer must be what? Unselfish. unselfish. You know, brother, give me. How many of us know, brother, give me? Oh, his prayer is very simple. Lord, I've come again. He doesn't think that is uh, a complaint. Give me this, give me this, give me this, give me that. In what? In Jesus' name, amen. That's his prayer. No wonder the prayer is not answered. But all he does is to come before God and ask, give me, in fact, at some point God himself is tired. That's why his name is brother, give me. Uh, there are also sisters, give me oh. Give me a job, give me a husband, give me a house, give me... A, and you know, at times we go a step further and say, if you give me, eh, God, you know what I will do? Now lie. <laughs> you know, our, our elders say that what a man will reject when he's rich, when does he start rejecting it? When he's poor. But many of us think God doesn't know that logic. We say, ah, Lord, you know, just give me more and I will do this. He knows if you can't do something with one dollar, you won't do it with one million dollar. That's the truth. That's the truth. Your prayer must be unselfish. In Job 42, verse 7 to 12, the Bible says, God spoke to the friends of Job. He said, ah, you people have not presented me well the way my servant Job did. He said they should do what? Job, Job 42, verse 7 to 12. He said, go to Job and let him pray for you. Well, if he prays for you, I will forgive you. And they went to Job. You know, if you read the book of Job, it's full of men who were self-righteous, who were condemning Job because of his affliction. They didn't realize that the reason he was afflicted is because he was better than them. Do you realize that? Job was afflicted because he was better than all of them. But they came and said, we know God. Oh, God is this. They didn't know God. Many of us don't know God. We think we know him. And then God said, go to Job, let him pray for you. Now I go to verse 10. The Bible says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When he did what? When he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave twice as much as he had before. Until Job prayed for his friends. These his friends were the ones that annoyed him. Job looked at him and said, miserable comforters are you all. Job looked at them and said, ah, you are not more righteous than I am. Job looked at them and started defending himself. But God would not answer Job until he did what? He prayed for all those his accusers. Brethren, that is God. Your prayer must be unselfish. That's why when uh, uh, Mordec- I mean, what's it? Nicodemus, what's it, what's it now? Is it Nicodemus? Cornelius. <laughs> when Cornelius was waiting for Peter, he brought not just his wife and children. Every member of his household, he brought them. That's the type of person he was. He was an unselfish man. Tell somebody, don't be selfish. Brethren, selfishness kills. We don't have time. 
there's a story that my dad used to tell in church that uh, let me say it in, in, a, in a <laughs> I will say it in tongues and somebody can interpret somebody interpret somebody interpret do I call someone Uh, somebody, what's the interpretation? So the selfish man, but in this case, woman, the selfish woman died in hell. That's the interpretation. What was the story? The woman died. No, is it the woman that died? Is it the man that died? <laughs> <laughs> It's the woman that died. <laughs> the woman died and found herself in hell. So she was in hell. Her son was in heaven. So she began to cry. That I, I, I cannot be here. And the son went to, I don't know if it was to God or to Abraham, whatever the story is. And said, that's my mother. I want her delivered. And he said, even if we try, she will not come out. He said, watch and see. So what happened? A rope was lowered to this woman in hell. That she should take the rope and start climbing. So she was climbing, rejoicing. I am leaving hell today. I am leaving hell today. Oh, not tomorrow. Mm -mm. <laughs> then as she was climbing the rope and almost getting out, she looked down and she saw others. Climbing the rope. said, no, no, no. This is my son's rope. Why are you climbing my son's rope? Is the deliverance only for me? So what did he do? What did she do? She cut the rope. And who was the first one to fall? <laughs> selfish, the selfish woman. The selfish man died in hell. You will not die in hell in Jesus' name. Your prayer must be unselfish. That's number one. Number two, for your prayer to be remembered and to make God to, to attend to your situation, it must not be an exhibition of pride. It must not be what? Maybe you, I mean, I say, ah, do you know? Yesterday I prayed for eight hours. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, Ah, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And then you go to the next person. Have you heard? I didn't know I could do it all. But I prayed. For how long? Or you start telling stories of how you fast. That's what the publican did. I mean the Pharisee rather. In Luke chapter 18. Verse 10 to 14. He said, two men went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. Luke chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. Luke 18, 10 to 14. And then the Pharisee said, uh, Lord, I thank thee. That thank thee was just a, a peripheral uh, whatever. Exactly. He said, I am not as other men are. What's your business with other men? Tell somebody you face your business. I am not as he said, I am not an extortioner. I am not unjust. I am not an adulterer. He thought that was not enough. He looked around. Say, there must be somebody I'm better than here. 
even as this publican, the man that came to tell, they do know each other. Each person came to pray, even this publican, I am better than him. Uh, and then he began to say, I fast twice a week. I give tithe of all that I possess. But the publican went on his knees. He will lift up his hands. But he, he smote his breast saying, God, what? Be merciful to me, a sinner. Tell somebody that is prayer. that is prayer. When you come before the Lord and plead with God in mercy, brethren, the prayer of mercy, God will not reject. If what you have come to this to say, Lord, I am the best of all men, God will just look at you. It's just a breath. Is that not so? Once this breath is gone, what is left? It's clay. Dust. Nothing else. All the... Uh, 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 it's there's perfume they call Christian Dior. <laughs> all, all the perfume and whatever it is, they are now useless. Somebody tell me, what's the most expensive perfume available? The one that you know. I'm not saying you use it. Just tell me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Your prayer must not be an exhibition of pride. The, Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. That is the, 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 the publican rather than the other. See, for everyone that exalted himself shall be what? Shall be abased. He that humbled himself shall be. Number three, that prayer must be consistent. Brethren, this is very important. Your prayer should not just be on Sundays. Your prayer should not just be when we have a prayer retreat or prayer program in church. In the book of Daniel chapter 6, the Bible says they look for an opportunity to catch Daniel. They say we can't find anything against this Daniel. Except we find against him concerning what the law of his God. That's in verse 5. If we look for things... So already Daniel had a testimony. Daniel had a reputation. They knew he was a man of God. That's my question for everyone of us at every time. In your place of work, are you known as a child of God? Are you known as a man of God? You know, at times, because you are a child of God, persecution will come. But you know what? Persecution for a child of God is always, tell somebody always, always. it's always a step to your promotion. It's a step to your divine lifting. I pray for someone here, God will lift you up. Amen. Verse 10 of Daniel chapter 6 says, When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees, how many times? Three times a day, and prayed, and gave time before his God. Now, that's, a, that's a, the part I'm going. As he did a full time. He didn't start that day. Many of us wait until the problem comes, before we begin to pray. Daniel was consistent. Brethren, prayer must be consistent. Jesus Christ told his disciples, could ye not wait with me? How long? One hour. Only one hour. Only one hour. Some of us gave our lives to Christ 10 years ago. Every day you still pray for 10 minutes. You are a sinner. You need to repent. 10 years of Christianity. And all you do is pray on a daily basis for how many minutes? One minute for each year. If you have a child that is 10 years old, that is still crawling, 
Or maybe not even cry. Maybe just sitting down where it is. What, will you say you are happy? That's the way many of us are to God. Though. We are not making him happy. We gave our lives to Christ 10 years ago. 20 years ago. Nothing to show for it. We have refused to grow. And it's nobody's fault. Prayer must be consistent. Consistent. No wonder in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, the Bible says, He spoke a parable unto them to lead them, that men ought always to pray and not to do what? Some of us have not even prayed. Talk less of fainting. We have not even prayed at all. It is only those that faint, I mean that pray, that have a tendency to do what? To faint. We have not even prayed at all. It must be consistent. That's why the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Because you don't know. A man of God was speaking. He said, he said, you can't, he said, God will decide when he wants to visit you. You will not decide. The challenge for you is to make sure that the day he comes, that is it. Somebody may pray for one, one year and God will come. Another person may pray for 20 years before God comes. He sets the time. He decides when he will come. I pray that when he comes, he will not find you wanting. Amen. I pray that when he comes, is to give you a reward. Amen. Number four, for your prayer to be remembered, it must conform to the word of God. It must do what? Conform to the word of God. I'm sure you know that prayer is very broad. We can't, I mean, address every time of prayer in this service. But some key things that are very important, your prayer must conform to the word of God. In John chapter 16, verse 23, he said, In that day, John 16, 23 to 24, he shall ask me nothing. Very, very, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. He will give it to you. He said, He that you have here asked nothing in my name, ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. God wants you to be joyful. God wants you to be happy. See, ask, and you shall receive. That your joy may what? But how should you ask? In the name of, that's why we pray in Jesus' name. He's never tired of hearing our prayer. He's never tired. Not enough people call his name, I mean, not, not people that uh, call his name uh, in frivolity. When we come together and we pray, oh, he, had, he recognizes it. Matthew 7 7, we all know it. Ask. It shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Look at verse 8. This is Jesus talking. You know, he said, Everyone that asketh does what? Tell somebody you will receive. You will receive. Now say, You will receive in Jesus' name. Receive in Jesus name. Now say to yourself, say, I will receive in Jesus' name. Is Jesus that said it? Say, Everyone. What does everyone mean? Everyone. Tell someone that includes you. And it includes me. He will answer your prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Number five, your prayer must conform to the direction and leading of the Holy Spirit. Of what? Or maybe I should say of who? Your prayer must be guided by the Holy Spirit. You get to a point in your spiritual life that before you even pray, you say, Holy Spirit, how do I address this situation? And he will tell you what to do. 
It will tell you what to do. I was talking about a, a, a woman um, yesterday who said she, she has a twin sister. And they just called her and said, your twin sister has been taken to the hospital and they found four tumors on her head and the doctors have said she will not make it. And it's her twin sister. She just, she could no longer function. She was at a conference. It's like she lost everything. But she began to pray. Tell somebody she began to pray. And as she was praying, the Lord revealed to her that her sister, at that instance, her soul was changed in the place called the valley of the shadow of death. Without sufficient intercession, what will happen? She will die. They were already, she was a Christian, no? But at that point in time, they had captured her and were just waiting for her to die. Now, where am I going? She prayed. She sought guidance. She sought the direct instruction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told her what to pray about. She said, pray that God will send his angels to go and release her. And that's exactly what happened. You need the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody you need the Holy Spirit. I know many of us, we've been, we've, we've been born again 10 years and we pray for 10 minutes because what? We, are, we don't have what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As you desire it, the Lord will give it to you. Finally, your prayer must be backed up by faith. Must be backed up by what? By faith. By faith. James chapter 1 verse 5. James 1 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. That give it to all men liberally. That give it to how many men? Testimony that includes you. He give it to all liberally and upbraided not. And the Bible says it shall be given to him. Look at verse 6. But let him ask in faith. That's why many of us are failing. Let him ask in faith. When you ask in faith, you take steps to show that you believe that God has answered and will hear. He said, nothing wavering. For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded woman is unstable in all her ways. And a very good example of a double-minded woman. Ah, is it Brother Johnson? Is it Brother John? Is it Brother Joe? Is it Brother Kunle? Yes, sir. Four brothers have come. Which one is, am I going to marry? You need to repent. God will have mercy on you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. The Lord will remember you. Amen. I said the Lord will remember you. Amen. I said the Lord will remember you. Amen. I want you to ask yourself about your service in the place of prayer. We talked about arms last week. In the place of prayer. Don't let anybody deceive you. You can never pray too much. In fact, concerning some of us, God is lonely. Because he's waiting for you to come and just have fellowship with him. But you are too busy for him. You don't have time for him. And he's waiting for you. How are you in the place of prayer? Talk to him this morning. Talk to him. He wants to remember you. He wants to give you access. He wants to give you a way through. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless your holy name. Are you in church today and you are not born again? It's an opportunity for you to do that. Are you in church? You've not given your life to Christ and you want to do so.
You want to raise up your hand where you are? We're going to pray with you. Or maybe you are watching online and you are not born again. This is the moment of salvation. This is the day. And we're going to pray together because some people might be watching us online that have not given their lives to Christ. To sort, just after me and say, Lord Jesus, I come before you this day. I give my life unto you. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Write my name in the book of life. Every prayer that I pray from this moment onwards, let them be directed and guided from above. Remember me on a daily basis. And take my hand through the journey of life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, I pray for every one of your children in the, in the sanctuary and online following us today. Pray for every one of us. Put the devil to shame. Glorify your name and have your way. Father, let our joy be full. The remaining days of this year will be days of rejoicing. Days of celebration. Days of glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. As we step into the year 2024, you will do new things. You will do marvelous things. We love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.